right, so church. What is the church? Ecclesia. That word that was up there, we're gonna be talking about that word, ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. Ecclesia. L-E-S-I-A, right? Yeah. Um, get, get familiar with that word because we're gonna be talking about it. We're gonna be talking about it for the next several weeks. What is the church? The church is that gathering of people that come together to do, they've been called together to do the work of heaven. So what is that work? It's worship. We do the work of worship. You guys, we gotta get good at that. We do the work of connecting. Some of you guys have been coming here and you know some of you guys have been parts of these groups and you know the the blessing that it can be to join together with other people and just talk about, share life together, share what you're going through, share what God is doing. Um, what else do we do? Well, the church are those who get together and we spend time really wrestling together with God's word. And I say wrestling together because sometimes God's word is hard to understand, isn't it? And it's not, it's not about, same as worship isn't about this group inspiring you guys to somehow enter into the singing. It's not about me standing up here and telling you guys what to believe. It's not about me coming up here and telling you my best thoughts. It's us wrestling together. Now I might bring something for us to look at, but we need to wrestle together because that word's not just for us to know. It's not just to sit out there and to have in front of us to look at and to dissect and to kind of um, take it apart and, and think, well, and, and then be able to walk away and say, well, I know that now. The word of God is living and active and, and God says his spirit uses it and it's supposed to, we're supposed to take it in. It's supposed to change us. It's supposed to transform us. It's supposed to change the way we think and the way that we live and the way that we speak and the way that we, we see the world. It's supposed to transform us and that takes work. It takes work and that's what we do. We come together and we work around God's word. Over the next several weeks, we're gonna be looking at a phrase and it's that word but it's a word that comes out of a phrase, multiple phrases, but one is in the book of Hebrews. And so stand with me because this is God's word. And this is, now I've expanded some of this. You're not gonna find this necessarily in any uh, of your versions, but I want you to know that what it's referring to in these verses is a story that happened in Exodus 32 and a story that's referred to in Deuteronomy 4. And I've taken some of that background and put it into this because the people who would have read this originally would have heard all of these words in that, because this background would have come uh, with what the writer of Hebrews was saying. But listen to these words. This, this comes, the story is about when uh, Moses went up to get the 10 commandments, which was the covenant of God for his people. And he went up to get that word and he came down and the people had made this golden calf. And God knew it and God was, God was uh, angry. I mean, just white, hot, angry um, that they would do this, that they would make another God, a golden calf and call it him. And uh, Moses uh, had to go back up into the cloud, up into the mountain, up into this mountain, this mountain that was declared to be holy ground, that no one could even touch it or they would die if they were, you know, had to, if, if they were in this place of division between them and God, that they, it was a holy place. And he had to go back up into that, into that fire, of God's anger and intercede for God's people because God was teaching Moses how to be like him because that's what Moses does. That's what Jesus does. He intercedes for God's people and that's what God's people are called together to do, right? 
okay? But that's the background of this. So in Hebrews 12, 18 through 24, it says this. Unlike God's people, when the previous covenant was given to them, you have not come to a mountain that might accidentally be touched, resulting in death, or to a God who you have offended to the point that he is like a blazing fire, or to his swirling clouds of darkness that keep him obscured from your view, or to the palpable sense of the gloom of your own demise, or to that wild and terrifying windstorm of his presence, or to the startling trumpet blast of his voice, or to the words that he speaks that make you beg for him to stop. Just like it says, they could not bear up under his command that even if a beast touches the mountain, it will be put to death. And so terrible was the sight of God in his anger over the offense of his people that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But no, no, we have not come to that. You have come to Mount Zion. Mount Zion, which is God's own city, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to tens of thousands of angels who are gathered for a celebration. And to the church, there's that word, church, that which is that called assembly of the firstborn who are registered as citizens of heaven. Did you hear that? The church, who is that called assembly of the firstborn who are registered as citizens of heaven. And to this judge, your God, who is the God of all who are present, and to the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood that he sprinkled to enact that covenant, the blood which speaks for us far better than the blood of Abel did. So what is the church? The church is the called assembly of the firstborn who are registered as citizens of God's own heavenly city. We're citizens of heaven. We've been called together We've been called as his family to do his work. Amen? Father, um, we're going to, we want to take time today. We want this word, we need this word to shape us. Because I think that there are many times that we wander through our lives and we don't know who we are. We wander through our lives and we listen to all kinds of messages, but not yours. We're shaped by all kinds of words, but not yours. But you have said, this is who we are because of Jesus. This is who we are in Christ. We are those who are walking around here as citizens of heaven in this world, but not of it. Born anew as members of your family, adopted as your own children, as your firstborn. So that when we gather together, we might do your work that when we spread out, we might do that work that we have, we have heard from you, that we have, we have um, wrestled with together, that, that word, we might be shaped by it and go out and do and live this word. So Father, meet us in this place with your Holy Spirit to do this work as we wrestle with this word. What does it mean to be your church? We're not like, we're not under the old covenant. We don't come with gloom and guilt and fear and trembling. Instead, we come with, with joy and with celebration, with humility, with awe, with reverence, but God, with release, with forgiveness, with grace. Holy Spirit, come. Come and release and work this word into us deeply.
so that it changes not just our thoughts, not just our actions, but just to the core of who we are, who we know ourselves to be, who we know you to be. Pray these things in Jesus' name for your glory, Father, amen. Amen, have a seat. So what does it mean for the church to be a verb and not just a noun? Well, it means that we, when we gather, we do. We don't just, we don't just sit around and, and just kind of be. But there is something that we are. <laughs> do you know what it meant in, the, in those days when you think about what the church is? What did it mean to be the firstborn in the days that this letter was written? Well, it meant that you, had been, you were the firstborn child. And that meant in Jewish culture, you got, you got two-thirds of the inheritance you alone, the rest of the kids got to split up whatever was left, the one-third, but you got two-thirds. You had access to the resources of that, of that household. Now, on this earth, how many firstborn can you have? But this says there's a whole assembly of the firstborn in heaven, that all of us are the firstborn. All of us are the heirs. All of us have access to the full resources of the house because of who Jesus is. We are in Christ, who is that firstborn, right? But we, we, are, we are in him, and because of that, we have access. To the, so it doesn't matter, men or women. It doesn't, it, now, in the Old Testament, it was just the, the, the males. They were the firstborn, firstborn son. They were the ones that inherited everything. When Jesus came, he said, no, Men and women, there is no, there is no male, there is no female. Young or old, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you came first in that birth order, or it doesn't matter. You're called, you're made the firstborn because of God's blessing. Doesn't matter how old we are, doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter where we've come from, doesn't matter how long we've walked with Jesus, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Because we are the assembly of the firstborn because we are the church. That is what the church is. And we don't come in dread before God like they did when they came to that mountain, fearful that we might do the wrong thing, step on the wrong place and die, right? We come and it says that the, his, the way has been opened to us to come into the very presence of God. There is no place that is too holy for us to be in his presence because of, he has washed us from our sins, amen? Do you guys believe that? Do you, this is what God's word says. This is what has been shaped in us. This is the identity. This is his word that he says he wants this to form who we are and who we see ourselves to be. So we don't fear him as we come before. Not, not in that way that we, we that a fear that keeps us separate from him. We, we're in awe. We're blown away. We're overwhelmed by what he's done. We look inside and we say, I don't know how in the world you did that. I don't know how you can see that when I look in me and I see something totally different, but he says, no, I see the righteousness of Christ because you have been taken to the cross and his righteousness has been given to you so that you're the very righteousness of God. You guys, this is the word of God. These are the promises of what he's done. So we don't come in fear that we might make a mistake. We come instead with this open door. We don't come under this burden of the commandments that we can't possibly hold up under. Instead, he says, no, he's freed us from that. Yes, do we want our hearts trained so that we're doing the right things before God, so that we're doing righteousness in our lives and in this world? Yes. But it's not under a burden. So we've been released to be able to be like Jesus because we have become empowered by his spirit that makes these things possible. We don't come to God who remains hidden, who remains apart from us, even 
even though that, that separation was mainly for their sakes because they knew that if they came and they weren't, that there was this, he's a, this fire that would just consume them. He says, no, no, you've been transformed now. So you come to a God. You're the firstborn of God. You've come as those who have been, have been made holy, have been made like him who share in his, who share in his nature. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to wrestle with that scripture and let it in? I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about what these things mean. Do you, close your eyes, think about this. Do you see yourself and know yourself to be one of the assembly of the firstborn? One who is seen by God as an heir of everything one who is seen and heard by God as one who has access to the very resources of heaven? Do you see yourself as one who does the work of heaven because that is what your inheritance is? That kingdom is your inheritance, not this world. You're registered as a citizen of heaven, none of this world. There's nothing for you here. Do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as one who has been washed by the blood of Christ? Has been made new by him. Has been brought near by the very love of God. The love of God. You want to talk about something that's strong. Do you see yourself as one who has been captured by God's love and held fast? Have you wrestled with God's word? Have you been shaped by it? Because that's the church.